You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hello again, Jays fans, and welcome to a new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop. Great to have you back as we've got a very packed show for you this week. We're heading to the volleyball court, to the golf course, and to the soccer pitch, all here in one week. Catherine Lemke, the reigning women's Big East golf champion, will join Josh Peterson here in just a little bit. I'll have a sit-down conversation with volleyball freshman Ava Martin, but first... Connor Happer with Creighton men's soccer goalie Paul Cruz as we get things kicked off for a new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. Here's Connor. Paul, thanks for joining. How are you? What's up, Connor? Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Uh, how's the how's the season going so far? Obviously, a, a hot start. Um, and then, you know, it's it's I don't think it's hit a rough patch, but it just it, it's been a ebb and flow a little bit to the season so far. How would you describe it in your words? Yeah, I think you you put it pretty well. Um, started off pretty hard. Um, won our first two games, scoring six goals each. Um, came into the season obviously having high expectations after um, making the NCAA second round last year, and obviously tr- was we're trying to exceed that that goal and making it to the Sweet Sixteen and further on. Um, you you call it a, a rough patch the last couple of games. Um, I would say. Um, we knew that or we knew that we were the best teams, um, uh, the better team in the games that we played. Um, could have won, in my opinion, every single of those games. Um, Matt didn't execute some of our game plans as well as we could have. Um, played some pretty good teams um, with St. Louis, with Stanford, with Georgetown last week. Um, but it definitely gave us some confidence seeing that we dominated all of those opponents. Um, most important thing for us as of now is just to get back in the winning column and um, yeah, get some results now playing uh, our next couple of conference games. You've been around a while. Uh, your coach has called you the grandpa of the team, so <laughs> you got some experience. Um, I guess, how, how does that sort of serve you in, in these situations where you've, you've been through a lot in a Creighton uniform and you've been around a lot of different guys? I guess, how, how do you see that sort of play out for you when you're in situations that maybe – Maybe this team isn't quite used to yet, but you've seen. Yeah, obviously. First of all, it's been it's been um, my great honor to have been part of this of this program for that long. Um, been here since 2018, and um, as you said, I've seen a lot. Played with a with a, a bunch of guys, um, all of them which have become great friends of mine. Um, have made it to the second round of the NCAA last year. Year, one of these championship in 2018. So um, I've been through the ups and downs, obviously, and that's why it definitely helps me to um, put it in the right corner where we are as of now. We know uh, we we know that um, we could uh, be a different position that we are right now, 
but we also know that we are capable of uh, making the next couple of steps, winning the next couple of games. And that's the great thing about college soccer. Everything is um, yeah, played out within a few couple of weeks of the year. And um, um, we are right now at the point where we can still turn everything around. Um, we're halfway through the season. I still got lots, uh, lots of conference games ahead of us and the postseason. So pretty excited about that. Um, I know that uh, we have a capable team that can turn things around. Um, we know that we can be the best team in the entire country. And uh, we showed that so far this season. Yeah. Um, as I said, it's just most importantly for us now that we, we get the results that we need. Yeah. Is it, I mean, what, what do you as a leader, what do you sort of say to the guys? Is it more of like, Hey, we have to, we have to kick it into gear or is it, is it stay the course? I guess what's the message right now um, at about the you know midway point of the season? Well, first of all, obviously um, not try to deviate from our game plan, stick to our principles, stick to what we have um, practiced and come together the last couple of months during the off season and now in season. Uh, we know it's working. We have the data to back it up. And we see it in the games. We know we're the better team. And uh, most importantly for me as a leader is to communicate to the guys that, um, especially during the season, it's important obviously like to celebrate the highs, but don't go too high. And also during the lows, don't go too low. So find that sweet spot, um, know what we're capable of and uh, trust the game plan that we have for the team. How do you stay confident in a in a rough patch? I mean, it seems like you, you know, that's part of what the message is right now to say, hey, look, we're, we we know what team we could be. Is it is it tough to sort of sort of stay confident in, in what can be, you know, a bit of a grind sometimes? I think I think as you said, like it's a grind, but uh, you need to have the trust in the people next to you, the guys next to you. Um that's why we are like an amazing locker room. We know what we're capable of. Um, we know that we are able of winning those games that we might have tied in the last couple last couple of games. And if you look at our record, yes, um, we could have won more games, but as of now, we lost only two games. And those against pretty good opponents, St. Louis and Georgetown, um, could have won a Stanford game, could have won every other game that we tied so far. So um, the guys know what we're capable of. The guys know our strength and uh, we know where to go, what to do, and for us, it's just not all about executing. What, what's the urgency level for you? Paul Cruz is with us. He's Creighton's uh, goalkeeper. What's the urgency level for you, knowing this is this is sort of the last go around? You have a team that you think is capable of of doing some things here. Um, you know, I guess how how important is what you guys do in the next couple of games to you, and and sort of what that means for your career. Well, first of all, obviously, like it's a special season for me, just yeah. because I've been around that long. Um, the place means means a lot to me. Um, the people that are connected with it, the community, mean a lot to me. So that's first and foremost uh, the reason that I give it all I have. Um, and then what I have learned in the last couple of years is that individual success, especially in college soccer, always um, comes with uh, team success. So, yes, obviously, I want to be successful after my career. And I know that um, things that come past the next couple of weeks and months um, are a little bit connected to what's going on in the next couple of weeks here. But my focus is um, to 100% with the team right now, um, with the tasks that we have in the next couple of weeks, um, the next upcoming games, and everything else will, will come at its time. So as of now, I'm just taking it day by day, step by step, um, try to control what I can control. Um, and, yeah put all I have into, into the team that we have as of now. So a, a team a team question here. I mean, as as the goalie you're sitting back, you guys have a really aggressive team. You play a really aggressive style, like to get up and go. And sometimes, you know, it, it ends up hurting a little bit on the back end. But 
when you see this offense and it's really rolling like it was in the first couple couple matches of the season, and it has been at points during the season, I guess what are you thinking from your vantage point standing back there? Obviously, you got to love the team's success, um, but you know when when Creighton soccer is really rolling, there's not much for you to do back there. I guess how does <laughs> how, how does that how does that work for you? Well, I mean, you definitely have to say. Um, I'm happy not to have to do as much as yeah. I had maybe in the last couple uh, years because that means that we do better as a team in general. Um, it's part of our tactics that we changed this year that we try to play a more aggressive style of pressing, um, try to play most of the time in our opponent's half, win the ball back in our opponent's half and therefore have a shorter way to the opponent's goal and score more goals. Um, it has worked out amazingly so far. Obviously, there will always be situations if you play a high line of pressing more aggressively that you get counted on. Uh, we've seen that in games like uh, St. Louis games, for example. Um, but those are things that we adjusted to. And I think the team has done a phenomenal job, including the, the coaching staff, to prepare us for those situations. Um, and as I said, yes, would I like to have more situations during the game? Of course, I'm a goalkeeper. I always want to um, make some saves and be part of um, yeah, the team winning the game. But at the end, I'm happy with uh, where we are right now because that means that the team is doing pretty well. And um, everything else, as I said, individual success will always come with team success. Well, it can happen pretty quick, right? Like we've we've seen a couple of times this year where all of a sudden, you know, you know, one guy gets out of place and and boom, you you jump, you have to jump in right away. You have to be the sort of uh, safety net on the back end. I I'd imagine, and and you're a competitor. I imagine that that excites you when you get into those quick change situations and you got to go make a play. 100%, 100%. And that's also the reality as a goalkeeper. There are games uh, where you're fully involved for 90 minutes and there are games um, where you maybe get one or two situations a game, but you still have to be spot on. So um, there's no time to yeah, shut off as a goalkeeper, especially in games that are not as exciting for you in the back when you maybe only get like two or three actions. But um, that's that's just part of the game, you know? I love it. And uh, I made the choice to be a goalkeeper and I wouldn't change it for, for a single thing. Paul, uh, it's been a pleasure to watch this year. And then, of course, uh, you know, Creighton fans, I speak for them over the last uh, five years as well. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, we hope this isn't the last time we chat. And, and good luck the rest of the way, man. Thanks for having me, Connor. Much appreciated. That's Creighton goalie Paul Cruz with us on the 1620 The Jays podcast this week for your Creighton soccer update. The Jays are back at home on Saturday at 6.30. They'll play Villanova. A couple home matches in a row here. They'll get St. John's next Saturday, October the 8th at 6.30 at home. So a couple home matches and time for you guys to get out and see the Jays. They're 3-2-3 and right now. And you're hearing from Paul, still think they have a pretty good team and a pretty good shot to make some noise here. So they need some support. That's your Creighton Men's Soccer Update on the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm Connor Happer. Thanks, Connor. Last year, Creighton golfer Catherine Lemke made school history as she became the first Blue Jay to win a Big East individual championship as she won the conference tournament last year. And now this year, she's looking for even more. She had a chance to sit down with our Josh Peterson earlier this week. Catherine Lemke, here's Josh. Thank you, John. We welcome now on to 1620 The Jays podcast today, Catherine Lemke, who joins us to talk about the uh, golf season to this point and her career as well. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. So we have to begin, I think, with the most important thing, and, and that is that you and I are both left-handed golfers. And, and so I want to start the conversation with this. 
how many times per round do you hear an annoying joke like, hey, you're standing backwards, you're standing the wrong way? Because I know every time that I go out and golf, whether it's with a new group of people, an old group of people, I have to hear that same tired joke. Is it the same for you? Um, yes, but it's more before the round when we're on the range and uh, random members or just onlookers are watching us warm up and they say, hey, that girl's standing on the wrong side of the wall. Most of the girls I play with uh, are pretty cool about it. And I think left-handers are becoming more popular in the game of golf because just our last tournament, I played with two different girls that were left-handed. That's awesome. And speaking of that, one of the things that I know you've said in interviews in the past, you've talked about coming to the game of golf late in your career. When when did that start for you? When did you start playing? And, and maybe when did you realize, hey, this is something that, that I have some skills, some talent with, and that I could maybe go and play it at the next level? Yeah, I started playing competitively just after eighth grade. And I think the first time I realized that I could actually be good at golf was at the end of my freshman high school season. I ended up qualifying for state and I broke 80 for the first time in my last round of the season. And that was super exciting. But I didn't really consider the thought of college golf until end of my sophomore year, beginning my junior year. My heart was dead set on playing soccer in college and I just ended up loving golf more. Uh, your coach, Debbie Connery, her 30th season as a head coach, what was it that, that drew you to, to her and to, and to Creighton? And, 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 uh, and I guess how important was she in, in ultimately choosing to play golf here? Yeah, she was a huge part of that. She is very dedicated to the girls and to the team, and um, she really will do anything for us. She um, – put so much of her time into making sure everything goes smoothly when we travel, when we practice, making sure we have access to Oak Hills and um, other practice facilities in the Omaha area. And I think when I first talked to her, I, I got that sense of care. Um, and I knew that she was devoted to the team and she wanted to make sure you weren't just doing well as a golfer, but as a person, she really cares about academics uh, in addition to athletics. And that was something that was really important for me. And just looking at Creighton as a whole, I was able to be a STEM major, which isn't common in some golf programs. They don't always like when people major in math, science, etc. And um, just the people at Creighton when I visited were so welcoming. And so just excited for me to be there. I think you've probably heard about our connection to Jim Hendry. Um, we like met him when we came to Omaha and he was a big part of me getting recruited to play at Creighton as well. What type of coach is she? Cause you know, I, I've, I've had golf coaches over the years. Some when I was little, some as I've become an adult and, and like the mental side of golf, I think is talked about so often, maybe to the detriment at times, you know, where you're overthinking things. And I, I say that as someone who's obviously very much an amateur, how, how does she approach it? And I guess, what do you take from her in terms of the mental side of the game when you're out there on the course? Yeah. Um, so you're right in saying that it's mostly a mental game and her job is mostly coaching us mentally. We all kind of have our own swing coaches back home that help us uh, keep our technique sharp, but her main role is helping us with course management. Um, she likes to be on par threes and par fives. And so she'll, when we see her on the course, she'll say, you know, this hole is 155 yards and it's playing 165 because of the wind. And she'll kind of give us a breakdown of what's happened 
before we've gotten to the whole, like what she's seen, where people have gone, uh, what situations you might want to avoid. And on par fives, it's a similar thing where I might get up to my ball and being the aggressive player that I am really want to go for the green. And she says, Hey, you know, remember that there's water five yards from the right of the green. So maybe we lay up here because you can just put a distance wedge close and make your birdie that way. Um, so it's things like that, that she helps us consider the um, consequences of our decisions. If we try to play a little more aggressively and that's her main goal as coach. You, you were a part of the, the team that just won the, the Kelsey Chug Invitational uh, out in the state of Utah that you also finished tied for second, helped win the Big East Golfer of the Week honors. What, what, what did that mean to you, both having the individual honor, but also having the team honor of that week? Yeah, that's that's what I want out of this whole season. I think at the end of the day, um, I want to get back to Big East and have a similar experience, you know, a high finish individually, but the team takes home the win. So um, we can experience the postseason together. So I think having that experience now really showed us that we can win as a team and it builds our confidence. And for me, it was just exciting to see all the girls um, kind of rally together, especially in that last round to um, fend off other teams and pull it, pull it through. You, uh, you had a, a big 20 foot putt at the end of, of last spring season, uh, to win the big East individual title. You became the first ever golfer from Creighton to make it to the postseason. I, I know obviously now we're in a new season, but you know, as you thought back about that in the spring and in the summer, what, what did that mean to you being the first? Um, it, it meant a lot. I mean, one of my goals when I committed to Creighton was to make it to regionals, either with the team or individually. And I did not expect to achieve that goal in my freshman year. And so that that really inspired me to work even harder because I, all I want to do now is get back to that, get back to the postseason and have another opportunity to see what I can do because it showed me that the sky's the limit. Um, in my college golf career. And if that can happen in my freshman year, who knows, you know, where we can go from there. Catherine, before we say goodbye, uh, you, you Creighton hosts the, the big O classic next week at Oak Hills. Uh, you, you won the, you won the event last fall. You won the individual title. What, 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 what's the feeling like going into it, uh, this year? Well, I've never been in, been a defending champion. So, um, that'll be kind of an exciting experience for me. Um, my golf game, right now is kind of on the brink. I haven't quite played the way that I want to um, yet, especially on the putting green. So I think getting out to Oak Hills, a course where I know the greens, a course where I've had success, um, it's going to be a really fun experience for me to maybe see if I can pull it all together and defend my title. Catherine Lemke, a Big East Golfer of the Week earlier this season, uh, the first ever Creighton Blue Jay to make it to the postseason as well, and uh, another one coming up this week uh, at that Oak Hills Golf Course. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. John, back to you. Catherine actually has an interesting Creighton connection through her father, Steve, a former college baseball player and scout in the Oakland A's minor league system. Among those players he signed were former Blue Jays, Pat Vendetti, and Eric Werdekemper. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Creighton volleyball team continues their undefeated play in Big East Conference action last weekend. They swept both Georgetown and Villanova and then got the week off to a really good start against Xavier, winning in three straight. In doing so, our next guest had a career-high 14 kills. It's freshman Ava Martin. Ava, thanks for coming on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me how exciting was it to, uh, you know, have have a career night, you know, early in your Big East career, just your second match in the Big East? Yeah, third match, was, third match. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, I had a blast for sure. The the transition for a freshman, uh, how has that gone for you? Because it's it's you got school, but then you're also practicing and everything is at a different level. Everything works so much faster. How long did it take before you felt comfortable or or do you still or do you not yet feel comfortable yet as you get adjusted? Yeah, I'd say it took honestly probably about a month. Like once conference play started happening, I feel like that's when I finally started to get adjusted to things and understand. And I think it helps that we came over the summer for a bit. I think that really got us into the schedule and we had a class. And so it slowly kind of worked us into getting used to this busy schedule. But I think traveling we've done it a couple times so I've learned to have to like do my work before and everything and yeah it's been super busy but super fun yeah so how much faster is this than what you were facing in Overland Park oh yeah definitely a lot faster for sure and I'd say that took a while too the game um I think someone asked a question the other night about how it's a lot quicker and if the game feels slower now and I think definitely as time's gone by the game has gotten slower but it definitely at first was kind of an eye-opener like wow this is a big step up from what I've been used to playing for sure were you surprised that you've been put into action this quickly um yeah for sure we have a very competitive um team lots of girls competing and i just knew i was going to do whatever they wanted me to do wherever they needed me i was just gonna do my role so wherever that would be and at first it was right side and yeah whatever they wanted me to do i just was going to be ready so yeah are you comfortable right side left side and 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 
Well, after you answer that, what about the differences? Because, you know, some people will say, well, I mean, you're a hitter, you're a hitter, but there is differences. There's angles and everything else. Who's setting you? Just talk about the differences between hitting right side versus left and just, you know, how you were able to get comfortable with it. Yeah. So I started out on the right side and that was actually my first time ever playing right side. I had never done that, even in club, like I had always been an outside. And so it definitely took a little bit of time to adjust because everything's opposite. Like the ball is coming from a different angle and especially blocking too, because you reach into the court and you're having to reach the opposite way, like depending on which side you're on. And so, I mean, that took a while for me to adjust, but I definitely feel more comfortable on the outside. Um, the more I'm playing right side, I'm starting to understand it more, but um, it definitely took me a little bit while to get used to um, the right side. But yeah, now that I've been doing it, um, I enjoy both, but I still definitely prefer outside. But. Can you imagine, okay, what, what do you think you would have reacted to? Let's say it's July. All right. So it's July. You're coming to campus. You know, you're getting used to things and you're told, hey, um, one month into the season, you're going to be on a different side than you've been, ever been used to playing before. Do you think you would have reacted like with you want me to do what? Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, we do um, like hitting lines in club and I'd always hit a few on the right side just in case we ever needed to switch things up. And me and my coaches would laugh like I just could not get right side down. Like everything just felt so off for me and I just couldn't really put a ball away on the right side. And so honestly, I probably would have been shocked. Like, oh, wow, I don't really see that. But yeah, for sure. Was there a moment where it was like, it's starting to feel, I don't want to say natural, but comfortable? Yes, I would. Actually, Nebraska, I was kind of nervous going into that because it's such a big game and I'd only been playing right side a couple games but out there I started to be like okay I'm understanding the angles now and like everything it started to click I'd say then for sure yeah did it did it help that it was against a team like Nebraska who has a great reputation that you have a, a little bit of success and you're like well if I can do this against a team like this then I should be good to go the rest of the way yeah, that for sure. I mean, we're going up against, I mean, they have some great defenders and their block is huge. So I think definitely having, yeah, going against that team, it definitely made me feel better going into some of these other games. But yeah. Ava Martin joining us here on the 1620 The Jays podcast. I, we, The word comfort has kind of been coming up in our conversation. It has to feel at least a little bit comforting that you have three other players teammates that come from your area from the kansas city area kendra ellie and morgan are all from kansas city i assume you knew all of them uh, you know through either high school or club activities yes i did and, and it, does it just make you is it just nice to have those people around so that at least there's some familiarity as you get used to a new surrounding Oh, yes. hundred percent. I mean, I talk about my friends back home and it's weird because at first over the summer, having to explain to some of the other freshmen like who my friends are and they just have no idea who they are. And I forget I'd have to explain all that over again. And so these girls definitely knew some of them. And even when we play, we'll go up against girls like, oh, that girl played for and we'll talk about clubs like they understand those things. And it's super nice, like 
knowing that they come from the same place and we can like relate to those things for sure. It helps. It, it's almost like there's, you know, they say seven degrees of separation or whatever. It's I, I'm guessing um, among the entire roster, you could probably find maybe two or three degrees of separation that you can connect this person to this person to this person. Yeah, for sure. Ava Martin joining us here on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Not only have you, you know, obviously you've you've gotten used to new teammates, new school, um, new position, new side to hit from, but having someone, a tutor like Jayla, who has helped you and has kind of taken her, taken you under her wing has to, has to be, well, A, encouraging and B, very comforting that, you know, someone of her ability is, is, is willing to, to, to shepherd you along. Yeah. I mean, she has been amazing ever since I got here. She has been going out of her way to help me. And I think the very first week is kind of a lot. And the first games are kind of an eye opener because everyone's bigger than what you're used to, like going up against. So the block's huge. And I mean, I would just get stuffed. Like I had to adjust to that bigger block. And I mean, every time I came onto the bench or whatever we were doing, like Jayla would go out of her way to help me and like help me work on my hands or even my passing. The serves are coming a lot harder. And so there's just small things we're breaking down. She's helping me. I mean, she's been amazing along this whole ride. She's been helping me so much. It's Was been- there any intimidation early on? I mean, you you hear about credentials and, you know, who they are and you, you look up, you always look up to an upperclassman. Was there ever any of that moment that you had to break the ice with her or did she just like jump in right away and say, hey, kid, here's what we're going to do? I feel like at first there's always that, like before you really get to know them, you kind of think that. But then the more I talked to her, I was like, I have no reason to be like scared of her because she just wants the best for you. She will do anything for this team. So it, she cares so much. And it's really cool that she will do anything to help us out for sure. Has to be part of the magic, isn't it, of this Creighton program? And I'm guessing it's probably one of the things that attracted you to this program is the tight knit community, the family that that exists uh, under coach booth oh yes i agree 100 percent. it's amazing and everyone i mean there's so many people competing for spots but there's no jealousy or any of that like everyone wants the best for everyone and we want to win and whatever it takes like whoever that may be like everyone's going to support you even if you're not it's not like ideal like if obviously everyone wants to be on the court but that's not possible and we have a lot of girls on the team and so I mean, everyone just backs each other up and wants the best for each other. Ava, what what other schools were you considering? And then what was it that pushed you towards Creighton? Um, I was considering some local schools. K-State was in the run, like Oklahoma, Iowa State, and then Pitt also was one of my top ones. Um, but I just narrowed it down. It came down to Pitt and Creighton, and I just knew – Pitt was just super far away. It wasn't very realistic. And then, I mean, Creighton, I wrote a pros and cons list when it came down to like the top five. And I just couldn't think of any cons for Creighton. And I was like, this is just how I know it's the one. I mean, the community, the coaches, the players, the program, like the distance from home, like it all just made so much sense. And it helps that you've already seen Kansas State and Iowa State and you beat them both. <laughs> there you go. For sure. <laughs> so it must have been serendipitous. You know, it's just like, hey, this is this is it was meant to be that I was meant to be here. It, it's funny that, you know, you do a pros and cons. And yes, I know we're on a Creighton podcast and we're all familiar with the Creighton name and we all love 
Creighton and what it represents. But even when you're doing a, you know, a pros and cons, there's there's always got to be a negative to something. It's it, yeah. it's kind of funny that you didn't fi- have any about. I mean, I know and I talked to my parents. I was like, like, am I forgetting something? Like, why can't I think of any cons? And they were like, no, I think you just found your school. Like, that's how you know it's the one for you. So did, did it help that they were both college athletes? And so, you know, going through that experience, it was it was easy for them to to to, you know, help you along the way. Yes, for sure. I think they both knew because, I mean, it's crazy how early girls commit. Like sophomore year, you're so young. Like I definitely they were very helpful in the process. So I think it did help a ton. Last week here on the podcast, I talked to Coach Barron's. She helped us uh, scout all the opponents this year in the Big East. And and she's also, along with Jayla, been working with you pretty closely. Just talk about Coach Barron's and her role with you in your development. Yeah, she's also super helpful. I mean, anytime I have a question, like she's already there. She knows and she's helping me. I think high hands has been huge. And then my passing too. She's been helping me break down everything. And she's just so good with like the little things because it all comes together. But you just have to kind of break it down and find those things. Even film. I mean, she'll watch. I mean, like all the coaches do, but she'll watch the games and meet with me, tell me things I need to work on. And I mean, you can just tell all these coaches care about all of us as like people and athletes, like they will go out of their way and spend so much time to help us. And it's so helpful. All right. Well, I've every, every volleyball guest we've had on so far, at least from the players, uh, we've talked about the ice cream tradition. You've had a chance to experience it once, at least once, right? Is it just been once so far? I think it is. Yes. I think, yeah, just once, just the one, mm-hmm. just, just the one. Well, there'll be more in the future. I'm sure. So yeah. if you get to choose, where are you going and what are you getting? Oh, I would go to in Omaha here. I'd go to Coneflower and I get the birthday cake and the butter brickle with salted caramel drizzle. That's my go to. OK. Is there a place in Kansas City that was your favorite? Or near uh, Kansas City? Yes, I am. Um, I don't know. We go to Orange Leaf a lot, which I know is not a local place, but. That was a good one. Or Andy's is really good. Yeah, both of those for sure. Well, let's hope that there's a lot more ice cream in the future because that means you guys have had a perfect weekend. And I know, you know, these first few matches here in the Big East have been at home. So it's been it's been kind of nice to settle in. But there's some longer road trips coming up in the future. Are you looking forward to those? Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, we haven't really traveled a ton. So we're going to see some obviously Big East has a really cool conference bunch of cool places to see so i'm super excited for that have you been to any of the big east cities before in your life um you I've been to a few, but i mean i've never been to new york we're going to boston and we're not playing there but still just a bunch of really cool places i've been to chicago but yeah i'm excited well it'll be a fun experience i'm sure and of course you'll be headed to uh yukon and providence pretty soon and i, I understand i think you're going to spend a little time in boston so that'll yeah, be a chance for you to to experience the hub and uh, everything that they have there yeah i'm excited a little bit of culture too <laughs> yeah ava we really appreciate your time best wishes been a great season so far not only for yourself but of course for the team and uh let's go get them going for nine straight conference championships in a row and you'll be a part of it if you can get another one yep thank you so much as we wrap things up this week some quick updates going around creighton athletics both the men's and women's basketball teams officially were able to open up their practice this fall the men of course with high expectations 
and the women coming off their first ever Elite Eight appearance. Unfortunately, Jim Flannery's squad will have to do so without redshirt freshman Lexi Unruh, who will miss the entire season after tearing an ACL in her left knee during team workouts in September. We wish her the very best on her recovery and hope to see her back in 2023-24. Coming up on the Creighton Athletics schedule this week, both men's and women's cross-country teams are at the Gans Creek Classic. We will be talking cross-country right here on next week's 1620 The Jays podcast. Women's tennis is taking on uh, the Jays-Mavericks hidden duel. That'll be this uh, Friday at 1 o'clock. Softball continues fall league ball as they are at Omaha. The volleyball team back in action Friday night. Sokol Arena against the Butler Bulldogs. The rowing team is at the head of the Mississippi Classic. That'll be taking place this weekend, as well as more women's softball, fall ball action against Midland. Men's soccer has a match against Villanova. You'll be able to hear those matches on our sister station, 1180 Zone 2. And on October the 2nd, women's soccer faces off against the Providence Friars. Women's golf will be back in action on October the 3rd. Catherine Lemke and friends in the Big O Classic. That's a brief look at what's happening in the next few days in Creighton Athletics. We'll have another 1620 to Jays podcast for you next week. So follow it right here. Make sure you hit the like button and make sure you hit the download button as well. You'll be able to find it each and every Friday morning starting at 10 a.m. on 1620thezone.com or wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. For my colleagues, Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, I'm John Bishop, wishing you a great new week. You've been listening to the 1620 to Jays podcast, a presentation of the Creighton Athletic Department and NRG Media Omaha. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.